Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Bobby, every day on the way to work, I get the privilege of driving over the Hone Bridge. And, and seriously, I, I like I feel lucky every time I get to go over it because it is such a beautiful view of the city. And when you look off to the one side, you see what used to be Jones Island. And this episode today is all about Jones Island. And it, it used to be so much different than it is today, Bobby. It really used to be. It used to be a completely different shape. It used to have uh, the landscape on it was completely different. There's just so much about it that's different um, that it's hard to believe that it's even the same place. You know, have you ever walked around down there or driven around down there? I, I a little bit, yeah. For we went to the port of Milwaukee, which it definitely does not look like the quaint fishing village that it once was. It sure does not. Yeah. So around the 1870s, it was settled by immigrants from Poland and from Germany, and the ones from Poland were called Kashubs, which was a sort of specific uh, regional group from Poland. And okay. they settled around there, and they were fisher people. They were fisher folk, as they say, and. Um, they built houses and there were taverns down there and stores. There was a school down there, which we'll talk about someday. Um, and there were streets. If you look at the um, the 1910 map of the city, there's streets there that aren't there anymore. Um, and so the, it was this really vibrant village um, that had its own kind of way of life. So while Milwaukee was busy being a city, <laughs> just you know a little bit away uh, across the water, Jones Island still had this kind of weird like almost 18th century fishing village vibe. And it, it felt remote, residents said, right? It was it felt like like a separate and different part of the city, like not even really the city. Yeah, at the time you had to you had to row over there <laughs> or take a <laughs> well that feels remote. Yeah. You didn't I'd necessarily so. have to row, I guess. You could have taken a, a powered <laughs> boat of a kind. But you know what I'm saying? Like basically you couldn't walk there and you couldn't ride your bike there or drive a car there. Um so it really was remote in that sense. And what's interesting is that you could see it from the mainland, yet it was still, there was this barrier to getting there. So it was a very kind of um, inward looking community. Everybody knew each other. And even now, if you like post about Jones Island on Facebook, there's all kinds of people who will say, oh yeah, that, you know, my grandfather was from Jones Island and everybody knew everybody else. Well, we're talking about this right now, Bobby, because there's a really incredibly, this is a vibrant mural and that painting has been unveiled uh, kind of out of storage and has been donated to MMSD. Right, Bobby? Yep. So what's interesting about it is this this painting, which was made in the early 1960s for a tavern in Bayview, um, which was a gathering place for Jones Islanders, um, was recently donated by uh, the son of that tavern owner that, that commissioned the painting uh, to the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District. And it now hangs in one of their like conference rooms. And it um, offers this look of Jones Island from what it, it was based on this aerial photograph. And it's um, just a really interesting portrait that reflects a different time. What era are we talking here? What year? So the painting uh, is was made in 1964, but from an aerial photograph taken in 1915. Yeah. So kind of early, early flying days to be taking aerial photos. Um, but it's interesting because it offers a really good view, sort of a good panoramic view from above. So you can see tons of the houses and, you know, um, all the boats and the, the the fishermen's small boats, plus the bigger, like the tugboats and things like that. So it's, it really shows a lot of detail um, of the island. We're going to talk more about that painting and um, kind of the bigger picture on Jones Island next on Urban Spelunking. Do you remember the last time you fell down a musical rabbit hole? 
you heard a great song that led you to a great album, which led you to falling in love with a new artist, which introduced you to a whole new genre of music. Just like you, our DJ's curiosity for music never stops. That's why you listen to Radio Milwaukee, and it's a great reason to give. Support your home for music discovery at radiomilwaukee.org slash donate. We're back on Urban Spelunking talking about Jones Island and this this uh, this painting. I called it a mural because it's it's I mean it's um a self-contained painting, but it's a really big painting that if it was in an indoor setting, it you probably could call it a mural, right? Yeah, I would think so. It's four by eight feet. So yeah. so it's pretty darn big, you know. Eight was, feet. Yeah. yeah, it was painted by for a back bar, you know. So it was Oh, cool. Sort of a sort of muralish, you know, but not painted onto the wall, you know, painted on Right. Canvas, I think. And this was hung at, behind where? Uh, at a place called the Tug Inn. The Tug Inn. Which was on Great Howell, name. which is on Howell Avenue, uh, like a block south of Lincoln, where there's now a restaurant called Lazy Susan. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Wow, so interesting. Yeah. It's so right in the Bayview neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was a lot of people, when they left Jones Island, um, settled in Bayview, obviously, because it's close. Um, so Tug Inn was run by a guy who had worked on boats. Uh, and was from Jones Island and most of his customers, I mean, it was just this big gathering place for Jones Islanders and former Jones Islanders. Um, so again, everybody kind of knew each other, um, had known each other. Their families had known each other for generations. Most of them were fisher people or worked on uh, tugboats and that sort of thing. So it was a really tight knit community. And the guy that um, owned it, um, a guy named Henry Muzia, um, he hired this local painter named Alex Gill to take this photograph and make a big painting out of it to hang in the bar. Cause you know, everybody could look at it and I'm sure it sparked all kinds of conversation about, Oh, there's my house. There's, you know, remember so-and-so oh, over bet, there. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, just like when, when uh, I think it was like a meme about that, when Midwesterners uh, <laughs> get in a plane and point out their house from above, like, um, I'm sure families that that knew all that and could recognize that from a you know firsthand perspective. Oh, absolutely! And it would have been a great place to take younger generations, right, and say, "Oh, this is where you know yes. mom and dad grew up, or you know whatever, or grandpa." Um, and it's interesting because there must have been a lot of Jones Islanders around at the time, still in 1964 when it was unveiled, um, because like 200 people showed up at this bar for the unveiling of this painting. Oh, wow! So. Okay. Um, so it was a big deal, you know, and then when the bar moved um, a few years later to another location um, on the south side, he took the painting with him. <laughs> and then uh, ultimately... And, and whenabouts was that? Uh, that was 65 he moved. So it hung there from until 1965 and it went in. It wasn't there long, right? No, no, because he ended up moving to another uh, another bar nearby and I'm looking oh, I see. where okay. that was exact sixth in Cleveland. Um, and he took the painting and then that bar was open for another four years. So about 69. So the painting hung, hung in the, in a bar, the tug in, which in two different locations uh, for about five years before the bars closed. And then um, apparently the painting was displayed at a Marine diesel repair shop for a long time, <laughs> which, um, the, the guy who donated it to the MMSD told me that that's the son uh, of that's Larry Muzia, the son of. Did the, it get any engine grease or diesel on it? Yeah, you, know, you got to think it must have had some smoke on it, but it looks pretty good. So, uh, and and I'm not sure that it's been cleaned. So, so I guess not too bad. Um, after that, he took it 
Larry took it, the son, um, and it sat in a garage for a while, and then it was in his house for a while, and he finally decided he wanted it to have a a place where it would be safe and where people could see it. And How long was the painting in storage just in this personal garage, do you know? Uh, it went to the South Shore Yacht Club for a while, and I guess it was there until 1983. Um and okay. then it was there for my well cared for there. Yeah. And then after 1983, it went to uh, the guy that donated it, the, the son, uh, Larry Musia. He uh, had it in his niece's garage for 20 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> till 2003. And then it hung in his, uh, his home office from 2003 until now. So from back bar to back bar to bar to, to diesel engine repair shop. shop. <laughs> <laughs> to yacht club, to yacht club, to garage, to home office, to MMSD office. Wow! So well, and great that it was. Um, you know, it could have the story could have ended there. It could have stayed in the home office and stayed in the family, but now being donated back to MMSD, it'll have this this next chapter where who knows how long it'll uh, be preserved. Yeah, I mean, hopefully now that it's in like a you know a um, a location like this, it can stay there you know, forever, hopefully, and, and be preserved. And hopefully, you know, people who are especially interested in Jones Island because they're involved in some way with MMSD will get to see this, this amazing thing every day and be reminded of what was on this island that they go to now. And, you know, as we said earlier, it's completely different. Now it's all industrial uses and port uses and that sort of thing. And they can be reminded that once people lived there and went to school there and shopped there and <laughs> worked there, you know, just in all this completely different way. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast episode. And you mentioned earlier that one day we'll talk about the school and we will talk about the school one day, but here we are at the end. I thought maybe you could give us a little tease on this week's urban spelunking trivia. What can you tell us about the school that used to be on Jones Island? Oh, so the school, here's a little bit bit of trivia we sort of hinted at this earlier when i said that you know you couldn't like walk or bike to the island but the teachers who taught at the school used to have to take a streetcar to um like first and national and then walk or along national avenue all the way to the edge of the water where somebody from the island would come across in a boat and pick them up and take them back out to the island and then at the end of the school day would have to take them back to the foot of national avenue where they'd then have to walk back to the streetcar a few blocks away. So it was a pretty, um, pretty arduous journey for a teacher, especially, in, you know, think of a Wisconsin winter trudging through the snow from the streetcar to, to the edge of the water, then riding. Uh, you've seen what, you know, what Lake Michigan looks like in the middle of winter, right? To go across. By the time they got to school, they must have been seasick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And some of them stayed, some of them stayed a long time. So credit to them. Those teachers. Wow. That's some good trivia. Well, thank you for that. That's some really great trivia. And uh, make sure you're here next week. We've got we've got more coming. We've got trivia here at the end of every Urban Spelunking episode. I, I kind of like this neat thing we're doing here. So thank you for listening here to the end. Urban Spelunking, of course, brought to you by our partnership with On Milwaukee. And definitely go to the On Milwaukee story this week and see the painting. It will all kind of come to life here for you. If you click the link that's in the description box on whatever platform you're using to listen right now. So go to On Milwaukee. And um, next week, Bobby, we're talking about the uh, Trinity, the Trinity Church that um, this was a huge story. This was uh, a devastating fire that hit Trinity Evangelical in downtown Milwaukee. And um, that is what we're talking about next week. Kind of the, the next chapter as they rebuild. 
Yeah, yeah. We, I think we've probably done an update in the past on this, but um, I've been sort of going back around the anniversary each year and doing an update to see how far they've come. Um, and they're getting ready to launch a fundraising campaign to kind of get them through to the end of the project. And we're going to talk about that. Well, podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Take a moment to rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback and please do subscribe. Lots of podcasts coming from Radio Milwaukee, including our newest one called Be Seen, hosted by myself. Bobby, have you heard about this? Have I told you about Be Seen? I have heard about this. Yes. Good. I'm glad you have. Because I want to make sure our listeners know about it too. Um, this This is a really great, just a cool partnership with the Wisconsin LGBTQ History Project. We're doing six different history lessons all about Wisconsin's LGBTQ history. So working with them and... And you couldn't have found a better person to partner up with for that. Oh my goodness, yes. He he knows everything there is to know. Yes, our co-host Michael Takash is uh, just one of the uh, historians who have worked with that project and is um, just an incredible source of knowledge. So go check out episode one. We've got it right here at at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts right alongside Urban Spelunking. So um, next week, we'll talk to you about Trinity and the, um, the fundraising campaign. Talk to you then.